This is Above Grade with J.S. Brown and your host, Bryce Jacob. Thanks for downloading Above Grade. You're going to love what we have in store for you today and every week that we do this show. I'm Bryce Jacob from J.S. Brown and Company. I'm here with Greg Hansberry for your edutaining value. That's it. What's up? How you been? Good. How are you? You know, I'm doing all right. I'm mm-hmm. doing all right. It's starting to feel like fall finally, mm-hmm. like real fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The summer has been just kicking our butts all the way into fall, and then all of a sudden, fall fell. Yep. Fell. It I, fell. I, I made a, 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 a firewood rack over the weekend, so I feel oh, very manly. Man, talk mm-hmm. about winter. So you made a firewood mm-hmm. rack over the weekend, and did you have a fire? Did it inspire that? Uh, uh, outside, a little bonfire in the fire pit, but not inside yet. Yeah. It's not winter yet. It's just no bonfires inside, huh? Beginning of stages of fall, no. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. We should have the fire department on to tell <laughs> you better of doing that. You probably heard a, a voice here, a third vo- voice chime in in celebration of your uh, your wood pile. Mm-hmm. I got very uh, excited. I'm sorry for yeah. jumping in. Right? It, it's, no, it's, it's quite all right sharp. because be everyone knows your voice. A wood rack will do that to you. A wood rack will do that to you. Yeah. Well, we might need to edit this show quite a bit <laughs> if that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, we got Mike Lang back in here. He's with Able Roofing. Thank and he you, was able to make it into the studio. My pleasure. It's good to have you back. Well, we're going to be talking about something that's not just roofing today, which is really exciting. We do a lot more than roofing. And we can tell it's fall. You know how I can tell it's fall in my business? How can you tell it's fall? Everyone starts calling and saying different critters and varmints of different size are getting into their roofs, into their ah, attics. They're, they're uh, seeking warmth, huh? They are seeking warmth. They can't build a wood rack. So they, they have to uh, warm up by getting into your attic or your crawl space. So uh, the first cold days, those are the calls we get. Well, what about beavers? They can make a wood rack. Uh, they certainly can. That's probably why I never get a call for beaver intrusion. That's true. Or, they, well, I don't know if they can light a match, though, or they can start a fire. <laughs> They're pretty clever. <laughs> they are pretty clever, without a doubt. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about masonry today. Sure. Right? As well, but I love the fact that the critters are up in the roof because I hear them all the time. Actually, we get a lot of the calls sometimes not to get them out, but to do uh, repairs from the damage because they're nasty little suckers. They do a lot of damage. Do you ever have an animal loose in your house uh, other than just you being loose in the house? Not, not good wood, no. Um, You're using a lot of wood references today. <laughs> Lumber. Well, I'm trying to think of another one. Uh, no, uh, some chipmunks every once in a while in the garage. We see them in the garage, but luckily nothing in the house. Knock on wood. Yeah, I'm knocking on wood. You got mm, me. You we go. got two dogs, so I think that helps keep them at bay a little bit. Yeah, Woodrow and <laughs> Woody. And Barky. They and like Barky. Bark. Okay. <laughs> Named after wood species. All right. Awesome. So, masonry. What are we going to talk about with it? Sure. Uh, so it's the forgotten part of your house. So uh, one of the presentations I do is called Masonry Matters because people usually don't pay a lot of attention to it. So it's the chimney that gets neglected. It's the concrete sidewalk. It's the stucco on the side of your house. It's the brick. And people think those things are maintenance free. Eh, they don't require a lot of maintenance, but they do require some occasional maintenance. And especially this time of year when the critters are starting to get in, it's a really good time to look at those areas on your house. So with, with all of this that we're looking at, because you're right, we talk about so many of the other pieces and then something that's supposed to last forever, so we think um, there is there is a lot of maintenance on it. It can get expensive, too, if it's not maintained properly. Uh, the cheapest thing to do is keep it in good shape, like anything else, your car like or your house else. or yep. your wood rack, for that matter. So, we're yeah, well, you're going to use that wood rack, uh, I would imagine, yeah. an awful lot. Uh, yeah. yeah. I've already used it, yeah. Yeah, I've already used it. I mean, what a, what a great use of time. 
Um, and we're doing a two-part series on this whole thing because there's a, there's an awful lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. For three-part if we keep talking about these wood racks. <laughs> That's true. The first part was really about wood racks. And, and you're going to ask me why I'm talking about masonry. Actually, the first job I ever had in this industry was in, in fixing masonry, so it's near and dear to my heart. Also, Abel Roof is actually Abel Roof and Chimney is our official name. Uh, oh. We were started as a chimney sweep company back in 1981 by Steve Weil, and Steve wore his little top hat, and it was little. Steve's not a giant man. Um, and he climbed up on your roof, and he cleaned out your chimney, and then that evolved into lots and lots of masonry repairs. So we've been doing masonry repairs a good long while, and then we've been evolved into roofing in 1986. So we've been we've been at this for a long time. So he likes heights. He, he doesn't mind them. No, he doesn't yeah, mind them. That's good. Well, and, and Santa's going to be coming down the chimney soon. So uh, San, Don't get, let Santa be your only chimney inspector. Yes, have yeah, somebody else right. check out your chimney for you first. So now, are you guys still doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, we do uh, about a million dollars worth of masonry repair every year, stealthily. We do about How about chimney cleaning? Uh, we don't do the chimney cleaning. We'll refer right. that out, right. but the masonry repair... Um, but there's lots and lots of good chimney sweeps, and I definitely do recommend them this time of year, especially especially if you are burning wood. Somebody in this room is, I know. Um, mm-hmm. It's a good idea to get that checked out before you start. Creosote is a real uh, issue in a chimney, so you want to make sure that's under control. How, how often? Because I mean, you, do you need to do it every year, or is that kind of depending on how many often you use it or what? Yeah, if, you, if you're burning wood, even occasionally, I probably burn. I have a wood stove, and I'll burn wood. Two nights, two nights a week, probably. Um, I check mine once a year. Mm-hmm. I think that's about right. Um, what do you if, mean you check it? Uh, you clean it, it or you just l- uh, shine a light up there? I run a camera down it. Do you and really? And then clean it if needed, yeah. Damn, so the nice thing, about a, nice thing about a wood stove. I feel wood, so insufficient. I know. Sorry. So a wood stove actually is very, very um, efficient, so it does not leave a lot of creosote up in the chimney. But if you just have a good old-fashioned fireplace, those can accumulate. So it's one of those things, too. It's also a... It builds up very quickly over time, so you do want to make sure there's no birds' nests, some squirrels. We're talking about critters, anything else in there, because I mean, it is. This is you know carbon monoxide. This is a life safety thing, yeah. so it is pretty serious. So we have some birds in ours mm-hmm. right now. The swifts. You ever seen those birds? The chimney swifts. Yeah. The chimney swifts. Yeah. Well, we we. How very one. Mary Poppins of you. Well, it was even more Mary Poppins when it flew into our basement <laughs> and uh, while we were watching a movie. And it was right during a, a, a pretty tense point. No, we were not <laughs> watching the yeah. birds, but there was a very tense point, and this bird comes flying That's into the great. room. And everybody, all the girls, you know, go running upstairs, my wife leading the charge. I was like, good, good example, Mom. You yeah, know, somebody's got to lead the way. Knock the kids out of the way. That's great. So she's running upstairs. The girls are upstairs. One of my daughters stayed down because she wanted to see what I would do. And so, you know, we, it, it was flying all over the the place in there. I just didn't want it, you know, pooping all over the basement and everything. I just remodeled it. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, uh, it landed over on the, on, I don't know, something over on the, uh, across the room. And I just took a little towel and threw it over the top of them and bundled them up and carried them up the stairs and outside. And of course, one of my daughters, you know how kids are now, they, they have to film everything. Of course. Didn't so she's got her phone out. It. Right. And so she's not watching where she's stepping, but you know, she's filming, of course, got a good video of me carrying it up the stairs and then setting it free out in the front yard, only to probably come back in the chimney. <laughs> it's and, a cycle right or, Yeah, <laughs> it's recycling a, a chimney swift. <laughs> That's awesome. So I should, yeah, I'm embarrassed to say, though, I've never had my chimney cleaned, and I use it every year and burn wood. I mm-hmm. have since 2003. So I would say you're overdue, Mr. Yeah. Bryce. I did it in Charlotte, and, and the way I did it before was I, I tied a T-shirt around a brook, brick on oh, a rope, sure. and I dropped it down in there and... 
old school. The wall or something. I was old school. That's about as old school as you get. Yep. You can go worked. burlap sack if you want to go real old school. Burlap <laughs> sack for under brick. But uh, yeah. you could do that again, or you could, you know, hire some like a professional. To well, my kids are very well behaved, so <laughs> I figured Santa does a pretty good job every year. That's why I haven't really touched it. <laughs> you know, his belly cleans it. I get it. He does. Yeah. Yeah. So you got then, it. So you <laughs> it took hire a while it. this time. Usually, you're on top of this stuff. <laughs> Somebody, and they'll come out and they'll stick a camera up there, and mm-hmm. they'll they'll determine whether or not you need it cleaned, or they'll just clean it. Wait, regardless. are we talking about chimneys or proctologists? Come on now, <laughs> we're talking about chimneys, Bryce. All right, and birds. So yeah, a professional could run, probably just come for a standard cleaning. But a camera inspection is not a bad idea, especially if you don't have a steel pipe. If you have the old clay flue tiles. Those can be kind of an issue. Those can crack. Those can break. Um, so those are really more of a concern. Um, so it, it, it's a good idea at least to have a baseline because it is it is a very uh, uh, important thing. If it were to back up, it'd be the, the problems would be bad. Worse than birds. Worse than birds. Well, the birds would be gone too, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's always a silver lining, Mike. That's All true. right. So <laughs> let's jump into masonry for uh, the rest of the show and get off the birds and your wood. Jeez. Uh, and moving on. So there's a lot of different types of masonry cement. Sure. And so talk to us about the types, what they do, why you'd use them. How do you know what you're getting when you get it in the first place? Sure. Um, so if you're doing repair work on masonry, the reason this matters is depending on the age of the brickwork, depending on the age of the masonry, there were different types of mortars used. So the old school was lime. You would make a lime mortar instead of Portland cement. About 1890, 1900, that changed. Um, and then you would start using like a type N as in Nancy. And then there's also other types. They get higher in strength as you go. And basically the strength refers to how much Portland cement is in there versus lime versus sand. So uh, mortar is like concrete. It's an aggregate of different types, but the cement is what bonds it together. So one of the classic repair fails we see is somebody's come back and they said, oh, somebody tuck pointed all my brick on my house. And now all the brick is blowing out, spalling out. The face mm-hmm. is actually blowing mm-hmm. out. And then we'll go take a look and we'll see that they used a modern uh, type S, type N, whatever it may be, a repair mortar, and they had very, very soft brick. So what you want to do is you want to make sure the repair mortar you're using matches up to the strength of the brick that you have and the age that you have. So there's for different type uses. And again, if you're going inside your chimney again, there's another, a different type of cement for that. It's called refractory cement, and that would come by a different thing. So there's, there's a... It's masonry. It looks like there's not a lot to it. There's actually a lot to it mm-hmm. and a lot of differences. So just make sure you're doing your good research or engaging the right professionals to help you. With well, the how house. do you know? Uh, how do you know the strength of the brick? Um, you can well experience. That's that's where I I don't uh, have a quick and ready resource for you. So this um, isn't just something a homeowner can look I, at it and go, oh, this has got to be. I got to use N type for this. You'd be you'd be surprised how knowledgeable the people are at the brickyards. So if you brought yeah. in a picture to Hamilton Parker, Columbus yeah. Coal and Lime, Columbus Builder Supply, you'd be shocked um, that the person at the counter might be able to tell you, oh, that's a Belden flash something something from this yard. Um, they can tell you the clay that was dug to make the brick sometimes. So never hesitate to reach out, and then they can tell you best protocol, best uh, tools, and best uh, methods to do that repair. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that covers the cement, mm-hmm. right? So we've got N, S, what's M? What? Type M is used for below grade, I believe. It's not one I use very often, so I'd even have to look that one up. Because you're on above grade. I'm, I'm on so above why, grade, why would exactly. you ever use M? <laughs> sure. 
Uh, and then there's there's a lot of different types of brick that sure. you just mentioned, and the folks in the brickyard would know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, how difficult is it to match brick? I, I mean, I can answer that question. I love when I get that question because when you're down in Bexley or mm-hmm. you're in Upper Arlington, whether it be stone or brick, it can be very difficult to match. Yeah, so uh, my house was built in 1928. Um, in 1928, it's a wire-cut brick, mm-hmm. and then it was fired by coal. So you can imagine there's not a lot of coal-fired brick anymore. So they switched to gas furnaces. Unless and, you put it in a pizza oven. Unless you put, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess you could do your own, your own in the back. Yeah. Um, so, again, to match that same look and that same flashing and that same color um, and richness, eh, it's going to be pretty hard. So, you know, again, a good supplier will help you out more than you think as far as what is available. And sometimes you'll be surprised what they can find. The key, I guess, for brick repair is finding something that matches the texture and matches the uh, finish and the size. So... Bricks are not all the same size. They come right. in all kinds of crazy sizes. We can go through those too. King, queen, jumbo, utility. There's a many different Oh, man. Let's, sizes. Pa- let's pause on that yeah. for a moment here. Don't, don't, don't just go I'm sorry. I didn't mean to skip yeah, over. king, queen, jumbo. It's like what? a mattress. Yeah, this is, yeah, it is, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we can well, kind of. Not quite as soft as a mattress. So, it, there, you said king and jumbo. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, there's conflict there. Yeah. Is jumbo bigger than king? Jumbo or, or bigger than king. Huh. And king is bigger than queen. Sorry for the sexism that's inherent in the industry. I apologize. But the king is bigger than the queen, and the queen is. But the queen is skinnier, so you have that oh, going for yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Only makes sense. Very fit. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Very trim. Very trim. Yeah. And then there's utility, and then there's modular. So if you have a house you build it today and it's standard brick, it's going to be called modular, which means it's actually smaller than the brick used to be. Mm-hmm. So brick used to be three by eight. But then the problem is when you're laying brick, you have to get, add three-eighths of an inch every time you lay a brick down, and that gets really hard, especially for masons. I'll, I'll self-admittedly, that's very hard to keep that math in free. So what you need to do is they shrunk, shoes off. They, <laughs> yeah, they shrunk the size of the brick, so the bricks now lay at eight inches. So they're, seven, they're three-eighths of an inch smaller than you would think they would be. It's so like a two-by-four is not two-by-four any longer. True. Bricks so are confusing. not standard size. So that's one of the things you want if you are having to match your brick is a couple of really good pictures. Uh, maybe in your yard in the corner you have a brick that you can find left over. I have a lot Look of them. in the garden. Mm-hmm. Or uh, if you do take pictures, take a tape measure, measure the brick, uh, measure the brick between the mortar joints, and bring that with you when you're trying to match it up. That will be very, very helpful. So what what is a type of brick, or what's it called, this old street brick? Stuff you see downtown that you're driving oh, on. gosh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was, so that was all made in Southeast Ohio. So mm-hmm. if you go down to Nelsonville, yep. uh, Nelsonville Athens, Block Company, yep. Anchor Hawking, uh, Anchor was there down there, Athens Brick. Um, a lot of these towns, um, that was, the, so they, they dug the clay right there, and they dug the coal right there. And if you have coal and you have clay, you can make brick and water. Mm-hmm. And there's the Hawking River. So along the Hawking River, um, there were a lot of brick manufacturers. And you will still see the stuff installed. If you go to Easton, uh, right where the valet parking is, I know you know where that is, Bryce. Um, <laughs> of course I do. There, uh, he's got daughters. Oh, that. That too, in the, the little red valet vest. Yeah. Uh, no, they, um, that's all Nelsonville block there, which they recovered. Um, so it's pretty cool, and it's super durable. And, and as you know, in German Village, they peeled back. Um, the asphalt oh, yeah. to expose the brick. Sure. And it, it makes for a really, really nice street covering. So Very durable what's stuff. the difference in that brick? Uh, that's I mean, actually it's obviously a, much thicker, uh, mm-hmm. made for street traffic. Yeah, so that is actually a block. So okay. a brick is I guess it's usually, called Athens block. That it, makes sense. Yeah, so a block hmm. is solid. So it's three. It's at least three inches thick. I think it's eight, inch, eight inches on the face. 
and it's uh, solid, very, very, very heavy, and very long firing. So it's probably 10,000 PSI. That's the strength. So you can get concrete pavers and brick clay pavers today, similar strengths for that kind of application, but it's not your common, not your common thing. So how is the process different on those? There's a glazing on bricks mm-hmm. sometimes. Correct. So it's like uh, terracotta like pottery. So they would actually take it, fire it, and then they would glaze it again and then fire it fire a third it time. And that actually would be, uh, it was some great building products. Um, if you go down, I, there's a town, like, it's not Colville, but it's, a, it's an old factory town. And I just discovered it this fall. I was driving somewhere else. And there's probably 24 homes and a church. And the church is made of basically Nelsonville block and clinker brick. And clinker mm-hmm. brick were the ones that stayed in the furnace too long. So they're all kind of misformed in shapes. Cool. Um, and the factory housing is still there. So there's like shotgun style, two room houses, all made in the brick and the block. It's really neat. Little old factory town. Hmm. Colville. And of course, I think it was, <laughs> it has a, has a, it's like Colville, but it's not. I'm sorry. I don't have more research for that one. All right. Well, people I'm sure right now are Googling that. I'm looking it up. All right. Good. Colville. Yeah. More than just people. We've got our producer doing it. That's wonderful. So what, what is your thought on, um, uh, veneer, brick veneer. Uh, brick veneer is nice um, as long as you re- realize what it is. Brick veneer is basically fancy paint. So it is not holding anything up. The brick generally is holding up the brick on your house. And that's <laughs> fine, which is a, that's important. So uh, the key with the brick veneer, though, uh, depending on when it was installed, is the airspace and the flashing behind it. Because brick is a wet brick, stucco, concrete. Any of these assemblies, they are wet. When I mean they're wet, they are wet. The water rain, the rain hits it, they stay wet, so they need a way of shedding the water that they're going to collect. They are not a rain barrier. They're like a rain screen, so they're going to collect the water, and then they need to shed it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Old school days, you'd have a one-inch airspace behind. You'd have tar paper behind. That works out pretty well. And then as things change, some of those applications um, didn't hold true, and they would put the brick too tight to the house. They'd use the wrong barriers. They'd use the wrong flashings, and that's when you can run into problems. So would you not use veneer on a house now? Oh, I think brick veneer is excellent. And like anything else, done very well. Brick gives you a solid look. I live in an all-brick house, so I am a fan, and I think it does add value. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned earlier that the block is solid. So that raises the question of what isn't solid then? Well, there's frog bricks. There's different kinds of bricks. There's cord bricks. So depending on what you're doing... Um, they would have different applications to uh, dry quicker, lay quicker, shed water differently. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a variable dividing line between the two, mm-hmm. but anything that's totally solid will usually be called a block. And so what is frogged? Frogged means it actually has a little indentation, mm-hmm. so visual cues won't help. So I'll just keep describing. Yes, so what please. It's, so if you made mud pies in your backyard and then you dug out in a little cup in the bottom... Um, for them to sit down in the mortar joint, that is a frog brick. Gotcha. And then you have perforated. Yeah. Perforated is uh, also cord brick, it's called sometimes. Mm-hmm. And if you see it, actually, you see it, you'll see it looks like somebody drilled col- yeah. holes through it. It reduces the amount of clay. It lets it fire quicker. So that's a modern uh, evolution, but um, a smart one because the brick is going to be more uniform in uh, its strength all the way through. So there's a, a benefit to it. It's not just oh, yeah. a lighter brick. It's not just saving money. Okay. So when you actually put your mortar between mm-hmm. the joints, it, does it bond it much better as well uh, to one another because it, it's going down into the holes? It's 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 embedding even better. Correct. 
It's right. creating a stronger assembly. So the wolf would have a hardest time blowing that brick house. He would have a really hard time blowing that one down. All right. You got to think of, of these. A lot of, yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. wolves your in your neighborhood, Bryce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, just that valet. <laughs> you know, you never know. He's after the birds. He's after the birds in my chimney. Of course. So how do you apply all this stuff? So when you're putting the brick up and you're mm -hmm. using the mortar, you mentioned some, some steps back there. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people don't think about as barriers behind it, gaps, all those things. So sure. walk us through what the logical way of putting a brick wall up today. So brick wall today, a good one is going to have a, actually, a, it's called a WRB, a water-resistive barrier. So that can be old school, 30-pound felt. That's mm -hmm. not 30-pound anymore. It's third, number 30 felt. Uh, much better would be something like Tyvek. Or pound 30. Uh, yeah. Something would be much better would be uh, Tyvek, Typar. There's all kinds of manufacturers woven and spun house wraps. And you really want two layers of that behind any of these things because you actually want it to collect water than drain water. And then you need to have continuous flashing. So at every window, every door, every uh, hose bib uh, where lights come out, you want to make sure you have flashing so that is not a path for water back into the house. And that is all done behind the brick. The brick will not do that work for you. You have to have something else doing right. that. So what you'll see in a good job before it's installed, you'll see the house wrap. You'll see a bunch of uh, flexible flashings. There's usually butyl and other rubberized products wrapped around some metal flashing. So the metal is the part that comes out of the brick wall. The rubberized stuff gets buried in the brick wall, and then you have the house wrap behind. So it's an assembly of all those things. And then the brick are actually held on the building. You'll see these little galvanized brick ties. Little tabs. The masons mm -hmm. are putting in the little tabs, and that actually adheres that veneer to the house. So were the, the wolf to come by, it, you actually have a mechanical connection to the house itself. So it doesn't pull away. doesn't pull away. doesn't deflect. So what, what uh, keeps water from getting behind that, expanding and pushing the, the wall out? Uh, nothing. You want water to get behind okay. it. Okay. Water will get behind it. That application um, is a rain screen, so it will collect water. You just want to make sure it has a path to shed water at the back. So if you'll see at the bottom of a newly designed, well-done brick wall, every now and then there'll be an opening mm -hmm. in the mortar joints. Uh, those are weep joints. Those are there for a reason. Um, so don't it, fill them in. Uh, the classic uh, complaint we get, we go out on a masonry leak and they'll say, oh, yeah, it's all these holes in the wall. So I filled them all in. I put caulk in all of them and mm -hmm. it got worse. So what they did is they closed <laughs> up all the weep holes. Mm -hmm. And then we usually try and explain their weep holes and they should be there. And, oh, no, no, there shouldn't be holes in your wall. And you say, may I like kick my knife and just cut out the weep hole for you? And they'll say, and well, it drains. Like, <laughs> and it drains. One I went on that drained for about, uh, drained the entire time I was there, probably another hour later. So it had been uh, really plugged up. It was and, up uh, right? Yeah. So it's, we, yeah, weep holes, so the bottom of a weep brick, apple, brick opening. The other thing is if you're having trouble around the bottom of a window, make sure the weep holes on the window are also open. That's another thing we see caulked up very often, um, people trying to stop a leak and creating a new one. So with the expansion and contraction of, of water when it freezes mm -hmm. um, and thaws, is that a problem if there's water behind the wall or between the brick layers where it weeps? If it's uh, if it has the proper drainage openings, it's not a problem at all. Okay. The water will co collect. When the freeze-thaw cycle uh, thaws, the water will run out. The problem is when you have stuff trapped inside. So if you have a bad installation, or later we'll talk about stucco or, or uh, veneer stone, that's where we see a lot of trouble with freeze-thaw problems. Mm. And also when we talk about, when we get into chimneys, again, we'll talk about masonry, masonry, so it's brick on brick where there is no place for that water to drain out. So a standard veneer wall, done well, not a problem. It's making my head hurt. Yeah, That's, there's a lot to this stuff. 
There's a, maybe we need a, a, just a, a breather, a tip of the week oh, breather. Gosh, yeah, we need a little break. Make our head uh, <sighs> stop from swimming. Stop from swimming. We need, we need right. a, a weep hole for our brain. <laughs> I, don't we all? Aren't those our ears? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Jeez, I'm no doctor. It's time for the tip of the week. Working on masonry projects during the winter is still possible, but there are more considerations to keep in mind. When the weather dips below 40 degrees, the hydration in the mortar will expand and crack. The best way to fend against this risk is to tent and heat the area you're working on, or wait for warmer weather. And that's your tip for the week. Now let's get back to our guest. That's you, Mike, the mortar expert. Hard-fought knowledge. Yes, because masonry matters. Masonry does matter. It matters a lot. So let me ask you this question. I've been thinking about this while you've been telling me all the things about mortar and brick and all this great stuff and all the different options there are for siding. Mm-hmm. Why why would we want this applied to our house? Why would we want brick? Um, I think, well, aesthetically, can't beat it. Um, it's a beautiful product. Um, it's got a lot of uh, history. I mean, the whole uh, Three Little Pig story tells you right there, which well, is the I house mean, you want. I referenced want. it too. Yeah, yeah what is yeah. the house you want? We but, don't want to build it out of a log, uh, wood rack or anything like that. Hey. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> it's a low blow. There's a crude I'm statement right here. <laughs> there's, a, there's a statement built like a brick, blank, blank, blank. Yeah. I mean, it's a long history of solidly built construction. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, I like the product. And again, if you if you find a brick you like um, and you're okay with the color scheme, that is a 50, 60. I mean, my house is, let's see, 91 years old. Um, I'm not painting the brick anytime soon. I can tell you that. So you've got, uh, okay, so... I think that's what people need to hear right there is the ongoing maintenance. There still is some. You said you got to take care of it, but some. it's not as significant. You don't have to paint it, but don't you can, to, right? You certainly Ooh. can. A lot of people nowadays do you that can. Now. Yeah. Nowadays you can. So let, let's see what you say nowadays, because when you came into the studio, mm-hmm. and what people didn't hear when we were talking is that your mind has been changed a little bit about this, just with how things have developed over the years. But you would have previously said never paint your brick. I grew up in a brick house that was painted. Long before no we wolves lived problems. there. No yeah. wolves. No wolves yeah. at all in New Jersey. But there was, uh, I can tell you as the person whose job it was to scrape the brick house every year, and we had brick retaining walls. <laughs> and my job was to scrape it all every year and paint it all every year Ugh. with the oh. cheapest paint that Sears had available. So they had good, better, best. My dad went like a rack to the left of that and not even good. And that was the paint I got to use every year, which is the why I did it paints, every year. Yeah. So, again, painting brick, the model or masonry, um, what they would tell you is you're painting it forever, and that was probably true um, because what happens is moisture gets trapped behind it. This is old school paint, not what's available today. And But the, 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 uh, the advice held until a few years, well, maybe 20 years ago. 20 years ago, they came up with some really good primers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a Sherwin-Williams fan, so I'm going to name drop that company. Yeah. I'm a big fan. They've come up with some really good products. Um, one was in the locks online. Uh, and they have some really good stuff even now um, that's actually a self-cleaning, 100% acrylic product. And the amazing thing is it actually it sheds water, but it still breathes. So water vapor will come through it, mm-hmm. so you don't have to worry about it blowing out, spalling, which is, I don't, I, don't, I don't know the chemistry, that's way above my level. But as far as I can tell you, we've been putting it on for about four to five years. It really works. It keeps the water out, bulk moisture out, lets... Uh, Vapor moisture out, keeps bulk moisture out of the building, looks great, applies pretty easily. It's not cheap, but if you do have some troublesome areas, some brick that you just can't stand the color, 
some stucco that's giving you trouble, um, I would strongly recommend taking a good look, talk to a painting professional, get an actual recommendation, mm -hmm. uh, go down to the paint store, and there are go lots and lots of products that will do a great job for you. So it's probably more inexpensive than replacing the brick on your house to uh, a different color. Uh, it certainly is. Well, there you go. It Silver certainly lining. is. That's right. So uh, so this product has acrylic in it. Is that mm -hmm. correct? 100% so acrylic. Yeah, it's going to last longer than the paint your dad maybe had you touched <laughs> from the store. Uh, I would certainly think so. I'm surprised. Good thing he didn't uh, spoil your love of, of masonry. Somehow, you know, masonry I, somehow I survived. That training was actually better training than I thought. Who yeah. knew? Well, you, you, I also know that you're very good at karate, and I think that really, <laughs> you paint wax up, on. yeah, wax, wax on, on. Wax you on. got it, picked up on that one. <laughs> All right, so, um, so you can paint it, um, and I tell you, I've seen some homes where the brick is painted, mm -hmm. and it's just gorgeous. Uh, yeah, it's the, I'll call it now the uh, fixer-upper phenomenon. Yeah. So everyone, Joe's like, oh, we'll paint the brick. So gray. they're painting all, <laughs> yeah, we'll paint it intellectual gray. Uh, every, so I see a uh, <laughs> lot, now they're, they're painting some brick I wouldn't paint, um, some really cool brick homes, um, which I think they may regret that. But again, there was a house around the corner from me. It's uh, it had the ugliest brick I've ever seen, and then it was patched horribly. Yeah. So it had like four colors of brick, six colors of mortar. Um, that was a house that was a prime candidate for painting. It looks like a million bucks. Really, really looks good. We I can see that. My wife uh, wanted the uh, our fire in, in the fireplace on the inside painted. Sure. Because it was right there, and it had these old '70s brick pattern where you know every couple brick would be like darker than the other, mm -hmm. and it just was very dated. Yeah. So yeah, she painted it uh, Johanna Gaines White or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Magnolia White. Yeah. And rest Magnolia assured, White. somebody will buy that house and they'll strip off all that paint because they want that retro cool look. And that's what's called remodeling, Bryce. Well, they'll call you to scrape it all <laughs> off, I'm sure. Now, you're, you're the pro. But yeah, the uh, that's something I'm doing in my house right now. I did a veneer brick wall around mm -hmm. my fireplace. Sure. And I, I, I like the way that it looks, actually. I really, really enjoy it. Uh, but my wife really wants it painted white, and uh, I'm wrestling with it because I really do like the way that it looks, just the natural brick, but I think I'm going to lose. So I painted up a little mock, you know, thing to say, see, it does not look good. And my girls are like, I love it. I'm going to lose that I will say it was, it, um, we we had painters do it, but they had to do a handful of coats because, I mean, it's white, and after about three or four coats, it was still, you could still see it kind of Rosy. seeping through. Yeah, it was, it was almost yellow. They were, they were not using this product. Should Probably. we use locks on? Yeah. It's inside. It doesn't matter as much, but yeah, that's, again, that's the, they were using the paint my dad used to use, I think. It Probably. Like that many coats. <laughs> well, it was the same it's price no matter how many they didn't do it. I just <laughs> kept coming yeah. back true. like, I can you still see for, it, buddy. You pay for a net, a net effect. Well, you know, for people that are thinking about making changes to their homes, I can tell you as a remodeler, when you have a, a masonry home and you're putting an addition on or you're altering the footprint and windows would change, uh, that can be complicated. Uh, you're trying to tie in with brick into an older home and it doesn't match exactly. And, and anyone who says, can you do an exact match? You know, I've been cautioned and caution everybody I know not say exact match. Just say we'll do as close as we can, even though you can get pretty darn close. Um, but you know, I, I had a home in upper Arlington, beautiful brick home. It was old, uh, scratched coat. The face of the, the brick was, and I couldn't find that brick anywhere and looked all over the city in the, I found one that was, I had to have it custom cut because they had the scratch coat the same. So I had each brick custom cut and we changed openings on the outside of the house. 
Well, the mortar was the problem. We couldn't get the mortar to match. It was very pebbly, and it was um, the weather had been to it for a year, so we just weren't going to match that. So we talked about painting the house, and it was one of the best things that we did because you can hide all that mm-hmm. with the paint because the color of the brick was a slight hue off. It didn't have all those years of weathering. Mm-hmm. The mortar, it was just going to be whiter or more gray. I don't remember which one it was, but we were able to get some of the texture uh, but we just weren't going to get the color to match uh, exactly. But when we painted that house, you can't tell where the windows were moved, the doors that were mm-hmm. taken out and, and too thin with the, with the new brick. Uh, it was extraordinary. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that holds people back sometimes from doing this. It's expensive. It was not an inexpensive venture to go on because it was painting the whole house. But holy smokes, it turned out gorgeous. I hope we use locks on. Well, I'm sure you use something. I know how you guys work. You use the good stuff. Now, the thing you can also do is you can do like some uh, masonry type details. If you just want to do around the windows, you can do coins. Coins are with a Q. Q-U-I-O-N-A-S. You coins. can look it up. Coins. Coins. Yeah. coins. So yeah. you can do coin corners. You can do different architectural details. So if it's not going to match, um, and it often isn't, you can now make it an accent if you're doing the whole mm-hmm. front facade. Sure. You can do some uh, EFIS, some exterior stucco bands. You can do some different things. So We're going to talk about that next. There's week. always lots of things you can do to improve the appearance. Yeah, wonderful. Well, let's talk about uh, getting cracks in this stuff because obviously you get cracks in, they can cause problems, mm-hmm. and that's uh, part of the preventative maintenance side of things. How critical are cracks in masonry? Uh, not to give the lawyer's answer, but it depends. So, <laughs> uh, But it does. So some are, are a real concern. Uh, some you don't have to worry about at all. So there's micro cracks in all of it. The mm-hmm. stuff cracks, sure. conc- the only cra- concrete that doesn't crack is the concrete still in the truck. So anything you put down is going to crack. Um, if you see your sidewalk, the reason it has those four by four squares is they're encouraging it to crack in those areas. Mm-hmm. Your driveway, your sidewalk, bridges, concrete will crack. Not a problem as long as it's dealt with. Um, so a, a crack on your basement wall, for example, that's leaking mud, silt, critters, um, water, that, that's, that's a concern. A problem. That's a That's a concern. Um, if you have a, ver- a vertical crack that the stair steps down, mm-hmm. so it looks like a you know pyramid In going a down, mm-hmm. kind of that's a problem. That means your foot is probably settling. So that's a concern in your brick or your block wall. Um, if you have a horizontal crack about two feet down along the whole perimeter of your block wall, nothing comes in, and in the winter it opens up, and in the spring it goes away, that's a check crack. That's from the frost heave of the ground. Mm-hmm. Not a big concern. Nothing to be too concerned about. Again, get it checked out It's if it's a concern at all. But some you should be very worried about and some you shouldn't worry about at all. A growing crack is not mm-hmm. good. Yeah, and again, you can put a pencil mark on it, mm-hmm. write the date down, measure it again in six months, see if it's changing. That's yeah. what I usually recommend um, people do just to see if it's something they should keep in mind. If keep it's active or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what are some preventative maintenance things that we should know about? So like anything else, cleaning it is a good idea, keeping the organic growth on it. So, I mean, you can you can have ivy growing up your brick. I mean, it looks great. You can do that Princeton, uh, Harvard vibe. Uh, I would not recommend <laughs> it. Yeah, I would not recommend it for the life of your house, your siding, your windows, everything else. I'd peel that off of there. There's also uh, algae. There's mold. There's mildew. There's all kinds of things. Um, it's probably better to get that under control. There's a lot of really good products. Uh, Wet and Forget is a very simple one. You spray it on in the fall. By spring, it's gone. There's some other things like that, but keeping that stuff clean, uh, getting the organic staining and the organic growth off of it is going to extend the life. And then once you do that, you can certainly protect it with a waterproofing agent. There's many different kinds. 
Um, they go down from the silicones, the Thompson water seal you can buy at the home center, down to, you know, siloxanes and silanes and some really, really good and really expensive stuff that will actually make that thing shed water. Okay. So I always hear about tuck pointing. Tuck pointing can be very important. Mm-hmm. Isn't always. So again, if the brick <laughs> is cosmetically, if it's a veneer wall, it's a cosmetic thing. So uh, tuck pointing, if you want to make it look good, if you want to do a different technique, um, it's it's surprising how much that does matter. So if you're looking at a brick wall, about 25% of what you're looking at is the mortar joints. So they do kind of matter. Um, but again, if you have a brick, like an old school brick chimney, or my house is brick on brick. So in my house, it really does matter the tuck pointing and the condition of the ma- of the mortar in between the bricks. So making sure that's in good repair uh, makes a lot of sense. And if you're going to do all this other work, if you're going to clean it, if you're going to plan on waterproofing it, probably makes some sense to go through and actually tuck point the mortar joints, mm-hmm. make sure they're in good repair. Again, make sure you're using the right mortar for the age of the brick that you have and uh, make sure it's applied correctly. All right. Mike, we're going to talk next week um, about stone masonry. We're going to talk about cultured stone, real stone, stucco, and then ephus that you mentioned earlier. So, sure. um we just don't have enough time for this episode. So we'll have you come back next week. We'll do it all over again. That sound all right? Sounds great. Folks, we get to do this every week right here on Above Grade. Hope you're enjoying every episode. Please remember to send us your requests for topics or any interesting stories, uh, remodeling experiences you might have had that we would like to hear about. You can do that by going to abovegrade at jsbrowncompany.com and shooting an email to us. Maybe we'll have you on the show if you're interesting enough to us. If you don't want to send us anything, that's okay, too. Be sure to check out our archive of above-grade podcasts on iTunes or at jsbrownandcompany.com. Don't forget to rate and review us. We'd love to hear how we're doing. Till next week, this is Bryce Jacob with J.S. Brown and Company, wishing you a great week to build from. Above Grade is a Columbus Radio Group production and produced by me, Greg Hansberry.